Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. How do you pass on a vital spiritual experience? Today, would you send it via TikTok or maybe post a YouTube how-to unboxing on a vital spiritual experience and then show everybody and rack up millions of views and make money and get your plaque? Or would you do it from person to person and take a long time to build that and make those types of things come true? So Bill was facing these problems and issues as they started developing and bringing the program together and having vital experiences being done by people they knew and brought into the program. But they realized very quickly that if they did not take word and put it to paper, that the steps would be changed around and modified. And hey, man, this is a lot easier if we just kind of say we believe or we try instead of we do. So they had to get things together so that people would understand from the book how to do the steps to have the vital spiritual experience. That, with the fellowship of the program, is the prescription that we're going to hear Joe and Charlie talk about today. Now, surely, if we're the first one of this fellowship here in Pennsylvania, we've never had any contact with these people in this strange little group that's up there in New York City and in Akron. But somehow we got a copy of this big book. And we sat down and we read the doctor's opinion. And we read Bill's story. And we made identification. Then surely we can begin to see what our problem is too. We can begin to see our powerlessness over alcohol because of the physical allergy, because of the obsession of the mind. We can begin to believe that if Bill could recover from this condition, well, maybe we could too. We're talking about steps one and two, and we're beginning to get the information necessary for that, and we're beginning to pick some of it up here in the doctor's opinion in Bill's story. I can almost see Bill as he finishes up with his story, kind of sitting back and reflecting on what he's done up to this point. I remember Bill is not a writer, really. He's never written a book before. And nobody's ever really written one to this extent on alcoholism. And he probably says to himself, I believe that I've shown them, through the doctor's opinion and through my story, what the problem really is. He probably says they're beginning to believe now in a power greater than themselves that could help them out. And he says, I think what I better do now is tell them exactly what the solution is to the problem that's just been presented to them. And he wrote another chapter, and he called it, There is a Solution. And in this chapter, he's going to talk about two things. He's going to talk about two kinds of power. For those of us who are powerless, obviously the answer will lie within power. And in this chapter, he talks about the power of the fellowship and the power of the vital spiritual experience. And if we could take those two powers and add them together and apply them to our lives, then surely that would be enough power to overcome our powerlessness over alcohol. He's just told us what the problem is, and now then he's going to write the prescription to that problem. 
He's going to tell us what the solution actually consists of, starting on page 17. You know, Abby brought Bill a solution. He said, Bill, here is the solution. He said, I was shocked, but I was interested. So Bill now is going to bring us a solution. He's going to tell us exactly what the solution is. And he's going to begin to talk about, as Charlie said, two different powers. The power of the fellowship, which is a wonderful thing to feel a part of. And the power of the vital spiritual experience as a result of the steps that's in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Bringing those two together makes a design for living that really works. But so many times we in the fellowship have just gone to the meetings and just gone to the fellowship. Just go to the meeting. Just go to the meeting. You'll be all right. And we leave out the vital spiritual experience or the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we, we started getting away from the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and just started participating in the meetings. Things get real bad. We run to the fellowship. We run to a meeting. There is another portion that we can apply to ourselves and to our lives, and that's the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. So he's going to talk about two different powers, the power of the fellowship than the power of the vital spiritual experience. And the two of them put together makes a design for living that really works. And it says, We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were just once as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. It said, We are average Americans. I think today we could change that statement and say we're average citizens of the world because we now have AA in approximately 151 different countries throughout the world in about 85,000 groups and over 2 million people. So we're average citizens of the world now. All sections of this country and many occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. But we are people who normally would not mix. You know, I always stop when I read this. And I always look at the people that make up the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Most people who are joined together in groups such as this are bound by common ties, such as a common religion, such as a common political purpose, such as a common religious function. We have none of those things in Alcoholics Anonymous. We are people who normally would not mix with each other. As we sit here this morning and look at this crowd, we're probably the most mixed-up group of individuals in this city today because <laughs> we represent everything you can think of in here. All different political backgrounds, all different economic backgrounds, all different religious backgrounds, different sexes, different races, and different everything. We are peoply, people who normally would not mix with each other. You know, if you took the word alcohol or alcoholism out of our conversation this morning, I don't know what the hell we'd talk about. We don't have enough in common to carry on a decent conversation if we took alcohol away from this this morning. I doubt that you want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys this morning, do you? <laughs> but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. Even though we are people who normally would not mix, there still exists among us a fellowship and a friendliness which is indescribably wonderful. Now then, Bill is going to start another one of his little tricks. Like a lot of writers, he likes to teach by talking about something we already know about in order to teach us something new. You know, we had another great teacher that lived 2,000 years ago that was really good at this. When he wanted to teach something to the fisherman, he told him a story about fish, knowing that fishermen would get the point. 
But if he wanted to teach the same thing to the shepherd, he changed his story, and it was about sheep. And then when he went to the farmer, he talked about cattle and grains. Bill does this throughout the book. And if you want to pick up on it, it makes the book easier to understand. He's going to talk to us about a great ocean liner and the people on that ocean liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck. In the 1930s, ocean liners, that was the mode of travel between continents. That was before the days of airplanes as we know them now. And nearly everybody that went from one continent to another always went by ocean liner, and he knew that people would understand what he's talking about. Plus, the Titanic was still fresh on everybody's mind. Let's see what his example tells us. See, we're like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyous, and democracy laid the vessel from steerage to the captain's table. Unlike the feeling of the ship passengers, however, our joy in escapement from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in a powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us we're now joined. You know, one of the elements in this common <clears throat> powerful cement which binds us together is the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Us coming together today is a powerful thing. I can feel the power in this room today because of us all coming here for one purpose and one purpose only, to talk about alcoholism and recovery from alcoholism and how to do that. There's great power in the fellowship. I don't believe I'm going to be drinking here this morning while I'm in your company because such is the power of the fellowship. Such is the power of going to meetings together. As long as I'm in a meeting, I don't drink. There's a power there. And I can go to a lot of meetings and not drink whiskey. See, it don't take much of this program to not drink whiskey. And it don't take much of a man to not drink whiskey. But damn sure it takes all of him, let me tell you. But to go into the meetings is a great and wonderful thing. And that is one element in the powerful cement which binds us together. But here's the first great warning in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. The feeding of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join together in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. The Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous is a tremendous thing. And there's a lot of power gained through the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. But the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism is not the news of the Fellowship. It is the news of the common solution. And in the common solution, we can join together in brotherly and harmonious action. A little later on in the book, we're going to see where the common solution is a simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet, which brings about the vital spiritual experience. Now, if we can take the power of the fellowship, and then if we can combine that with the power of the vital spiritual experience and add those two powers together, then that's enough to overcome our powerlessness over alcohol, but fellowship alone is not sufficient. I think one of the greatest tragedies in the world today is that we people in Alcoholics Anonymous are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and thousands and thousands and thousands of work hours trying to attract 
other people to the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous when we've got literally thousands of alcoholics sitting around us in the fellowship dying from alcoholism. And the reason they're dying from alcoholism is they're participating in fellowship only. They're not being engaged into the 12-step program. They're not having the vital spiritual experience, and they're running around with a bad case of untreated alcoholism, even though they're members of Alcoholics Anonymous. I think if we would concentrate on what we've got, instead of worrying so damn much about what we want to get, we're probably all going to be a hell of a lot better off. If we could all be sure that every newcomer understands this page. Two powers. Power of the fellowship, power of the vital spiritual experience. Fellowship alone is not sufficient. It's great, it's tremendous, but it's not enough. The tremendous fact is we've discovered a common solution. Now, Bill never tells us anything, but what he does not explain, what he tells us. The first half of this chapter, he's going to describe to us why fellowship alone is not sufficient. Then the last half of this chapter, he will explain to us what the common solution is and show us how when we tie the two together, we can then recover. Let's look first at why fellowship alone is not sufficient. Page 20. I completely agree with Joe and Charlie. Fellowship alone is not my program. My program is a big book, a home group, and doing the steps because I got a sponsor. I got a sponsor that made sure that I was thorough, made sure that I took my time. I'm not saying it took us four years. I'm just saying you need the sponsor that understands you in order to make sure the steps work correctly. And here's a fun fact. I did not get the first person I asked. It happens. I asked somebody, I was brand new in the program, and I thought that they'd be a perfect person, and they politely declined. And that was okay, because they honestly told me they didn't believe they had enough time to help me. And so the next person I asked said yes, and he became my sponsor. And he walked me through the steps, and we met twice a week. That's how I got that vital spiritual experience was because it was shared and given from one person to another. And that's the prescription. That's the solution. You know, the wonderful thing about getting prescriptions today is you can set them on autopilot. You can then get them sent to your home from some warehouse. Or you can get text alerts that, hey, you've got four more of these pills. Better get them renewed. Call your doctor now. Why don't we do that with our program? Why is our program not on autopilot? Why aren't we refilling it every day, week, month? I know, I know. Many people say, but I do. That's fine. I am very happy. I love hearing people tell me they hit their knees in the morning, they do their prayers, they hit the knees at the end of the night, they're doing their gratitude list, they're reviewing everything. Hey, I don't worry about those people. I see them all the time. It's the still-suffering alcoholic. It's the one that comes in and tells me, hey, this is the third time I've been through rehab. I'm really trying to get it to work. Or, hey, I had 20 years and fell out. It wasn't because it was a big deal. Maybe it was Tuesday. And for some reason, the beer truck looked really good and interesting. What does that tell us about that person's program? 
my program, the program. It tells us that you have to be applying the prescription of the solution every day. In your own way, of course. In your own program, of course. This is not in any way, shape, or form to try and tell anybody how to do their program, when, where, why. It's suggestive only. But if you pick up the book, and you read the book, and you live the book, and you do the steps, and you get a home group, and you get a sponsor, I'm going to bet your life will improve. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive, Joe and Charlie Podcast.